Hey everyone, welcome to Recovering You. This is a podcast that will take you through a step-by-step guide of what you can expect when you enter into a world of recovery from addictive and compulsive behaviors. You are here to learn how to change, and we are here to give you the tools to get there. Hello, my friends. You have made the journey. You've clicked what you needed to click. You've <laughs> taken the, the effort to look up Recovering You, and you're here with us. And yeah, we're excited about that. We're excited. Absolutely. I'm your host, Cameron Harrison. Once again, joined by my co-host, Christopher Sexton. Happy to be here. Happy to see you, man. <laughs> and 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 I, I have a lot of happiness going on in uh, in my life right now, there's there's so many good things and so many things to be uh, joyful about. And yeah, one one piece of news you've been working on for a long time. Yeah, you share and, that? And if you if you follow the Recovering You Facebook page, you're probably which aware you of which it. you should you should by the yeah, way. I mean, yeah. we're sorry, should's a bad word. It would be good <laughs> for you if you did. How dare you use the should word? um shame on you if you're not following our facebook page (laughs) i mean that is where we post all of our episodes and just kidding (laughs) that's right you you can use the the nini fifi and today's tool to get over (laughs) that's right i'm excited (laughs) but i'm equally excited about your news yeah so for the longest time ever since i ever since i decided i wanted to be a mentor I always had in my mind's eye that that would be, that would mean being a mentor of an in-person group where I could go to a place and sit face-to-face with some amazing men and, yeah. and help them through this process. Because as much as Zoom is nice and, and I love the technology and I think it's great, there's something different about sitting in a room with a group of people and being able to feel that presence of spirit and being able to like, I, I mean, if you need to, stand up and hug that person and be yeah, there absolutely. for them and, you know, put a hand on a shoulder or, you know, give them a little, a, a little friendly slug in the arm. If that's, if that's what they need, there's just, I I've, I've been craving that and I've been wanting that. And I've been wanting to bring that to other people because my journey started in a, in an in-person face-to-face group. And it yeah. was so impactful for me that I wanted to bring that to other people. And so it is finally, happening starting hey. in starting in march so the first sunday of march as long as we've got enough people signed up um i'm i'm probably going to be there even if i don't have enough people just to uh <laughs> you know there you go just, <laughs> keep the seat warm yep exactly so so for for our listeners if they're in the general phoenix area how yeah. how would they come participate in your group if they wanted to do that uh first thing you can do is you can go to life changing services uh, dot online forward slash metamoroni, or even if you just go to the life changing services.org webpage, you can navigate from there to enroll in metamoroni from there. So that's, that's probably the easiest way. Um, I, I do have the flyer on the recovering you webpage. You can look it up there. That does have my phone number on it. If you need to contact me, it does also have the address of where we're going to be meeting every week. So, I mean, everything is there on that flyer or uh, just go to the Recovering You Facebook page and um, yeah, you'll, you'll find the flyer there. So, yeah, so if you're listening to us, you're in the Phoenix area, I highly encourage you to, to check it out um, and uh, you'll get some great 
personalized, customized coaching straight from Cameron and the support of a great group as well. So yeah. And that's, that's what it's March. all about. It's all about congratulations, having, making you. progress and, on those goals. This is, this is really just step one of what I hope will be, you know, just the, the gun going off to the race of expanding and bringing like a worth group here and getting a sons of Helaman group here for those that are under 18 and all the other programs. I, this is my way of wanting to change the world. And, and I, I feel like Love this it. is the best way that I can do that. Love it. Yeah. More good things to come. So yeah. stay tuned. So what do we got on deck tonight? I'm excited about this. You want to tee it up? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here, Chris, and I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. And when I say I'm going to tell you the truth, that's really just, that's really just the yeah. acronym. <laughs> Every time somebody starts a sentence with, can I be honest? You know, like insult <laughs> is coming, right? But this, you know, this we, is... we've, we've been friends for 15 years. Can I be honest with you? I've never liked the way that you grow your hair, right? Oh, is, is, is that a, a bit of a slight against me because my hair is getting so long and crazy? Well, I like your hair, but the fact that you stood it up and it almost hit the ceiling fan didn't make for an easy target. But... Pretty epic, right? <laughs> yeah, it's looking good. And, and the purple tips at the end of it, it's pretty dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but today we're going to be talking about the TRUTH acronym and how, how that can be used to help you to, once again, find your center, get out of that uh, chemical spill that Maurice talked about in his episode and get back to, to a zero where you feel like that, that peace and that stability within yourself. And th this isn't, this isn't truth about, well, I, I guess let, let's start with the T so that that's all about trust. And when mm -hmm. I talk about trust, most people think when you say, all right, trust, they think trust others, right? But th this is all about trusting yourself to live authentically you got to learn to trust yourself and by trusting yourself it strengthens your decisions making skills and your self-confidence so um there's a few different ways that we can do this to help us trust ourselves and to, to be yourself because you really are a unique individual and your needs and and what will benefit you the most is different than the the person sitting next to you i love that and before we jump into the individual aspects of this. I just want to make one, one quick observation about trusting ourselves and the principle, the truth behind that. When you engage in addictive behavior, when, when you find yourself out of control, essentially what has happened over time, you have abdicated your decision-making to your addiction, right. to other people, and to a certain extent, sometimes in your recovery, it's easy to abdicate your decision-making skills to your significant other or try and abdicate it to your therapist or to your bishop or to whoever, pick, pick a card. Because one, that addictive behavior diminishes your ability to think rationally and critically and make solid decisions. And two, you've spent so much time abdicating that, that decision-making that your trust in yourself, your self-confidence can be low. So it's critical. You, you're on this path. This is season two that you're with us. You, you can have confidence in yourself again. It's critical to trust yourself, to believe that you don't have to abdicate your decision-making anymore to anybody but yourself. Obviously, you can get input from people you trust. You should look to God for direction. But at the end of the day, trust yourself to make the decisions that's going to be best 
for you to help you live in harmony with your values. I, I, I love that. And I, I love how you, how you pointed out kind of the, when, when you initially get started into this, I think the first step of learning to trust yourself is understanding that you can't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. No, you know, when, like to, say that again. <laughs> the, the first step to trusting yourself is learning that you can't trust yourself. And when I say that, I mean, okay, let, let's use the example that I used last week of when I would be at home and my wife would say, okay, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to the grocery store for me to trust myself, to not trust myself. I would say either, wait, can I go with you? Or, okay, while you're gone, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm not going to be home alone because I know that that's not a safe place for me. I know, I, I already know that my initial instinct, as soon as you close that door is going to be to act out. And so I can trust myself to not trust myself. So, yeah, I, I like that. And there's, there's a key difference there. When we talk about self-confidence versus what I say, false bravado, or this, this image you try and project to the world that you're the man, you have everything under control and you Top can, dog. yeah. And you, no matter what situation you're in, you're going to make the right decision. Oh, I could go drive down the Las Vegas strip at 1am and stay true to my values. It's being, <laughs> it's being aware of the fact that we're flawed. We're susceptible to temptation and we have to have a battle plan in place and stick to it. And as we do that, your decision-making skills enhance your, your awareness of your situational awareness increases, and that can build your self-confidence in your ability to make good choices. Absolutely. So how, how do we get started on that? Cause that, I mean, that sounds inspiring and great. If I do say so myself, try not to throw my arm out, pat myself on the back, but, but it's a high level vision. So how do we tactically, you know, hand to hand combat, we're in the trenches here fighting addiction. How do we get started on this? Absolutely. So, so the way that this is broken down, uh, first thing you got to do is you need to set reasonable goals, goals that are attainable, that aren't going to make you give up on them after that first day. You know, it's don't, yeah. don't say if it's an exercise thing, don't set goals of I'm going to run a half marathon every single morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> but I haven't gotten up before nine in three years. So yeah. if- <laughs> and I haven't I haven't run a mile in five. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, set things that are attainable, things that are reasonable, and then allow those things to grow. Uh, you know, every few weeks, upgrade those to something that's just a, we, we talked about it before, the stretch versus stress. You don't want to stress yourself out, but you do want to push yourself to be a little bit better. So set those attainable goals. We talked about manpower before. This is a great opportunity to use that. Start by setting your manpower goals, your ministry, action, yeah. your no goal, your prayer, writing, and reading. So by- yeah. By setting those and making sure that they're reasonable, that as you succeed, you will start to trust yourself a little bit more. And I think that's the important part there is you need to believe that you can succeed when you are, when you are stretched a little bit. I love that. And this may sound a little counterintuitive, but I hope it helps just to drive my final thought home on, on setting goals. In the beginning, it's better to achieve goals that you're ashamed of than to fail at goals that you're proud of. Ooh, okay. Yeah, dive deeper into that. I like that. So, for example, let's say that I go to church and I'm surrounded by guys that I think are amazing spiritual giants. 
I could be ashamed or embarrassed to say, you know what, my goal was to read three verses of scripture every day this week. That can, that can be embarrassing because maybe to them, I think that's, this is not a big deal. Where a goal that I'd be proud to say is, oh, you know, I, I set a goal to study the scriptures two hours every, every night. Oh, you know, I was going nice. to stay up after the kids go to bed, I'm going to read until midnight. So, you know, that may sound impressive. That's something that you could kind of puff your chest out at, but it's not something you're going to achieve. It's something you're going to fail at. So think about those little goals that, that your pride says you should be embarrassed about mm. and, and lean into those because what's going to happen psychologically is you're going to get, you're going to get a reward psychologically when you reach just the smallest goal and you don't have to tell anybody these goals. if if you feel embarrassed about them, they're just for you. Right. So set small goals, so small that you might be embarrassed to tell somebody else about them. And then grow up from there, work, build on that. It's like those people that to start their exercise regime, when they haven't worked out ever in their life, they say, my goal is to just walk around the block once. And yep. for a lot of people that might be like, really, that's it. And yeah, they, they might cast shame on that. But for that person, they're like, but look what this has done for me. It, it got me started on an amazing journey. And, you know, two years down the road, maybe they're running marathons. And so, and it's because they set those reasonable goals to start with. I love that. Thank you for, for pointing that out. And, and uh, what, what will happen as you do this is as you start to trust yourself, you will start to love yourself. And that's, that's the second part of this is by succeeding and, and, and even, even by failing and being able to get back up, you will begin to love yourself more and know that you'll be able to look at the inner self and the desires of your heart more than the success of your efforts. Yeah. You're not, you, you know what I'm saying there? So no, I, I like that because for the longest time, it can be tempting to be defined by our addiction and right. say, this is all of me. And it's only one part of you. And to your point, it's, it, the bigger part is, is the effort that you're making in the direction that you're pointed. There's two toxic words, I think, that can keep us from loving ourselves, and that's just and only. Mm. And I think those are words that the devil is really going to try and, and stab you in the back and twist with. Oh, you just picked the toys up after the kids went to bed? That's all you did? <laughs> oh, you only read half a page of scripture today? Oh, what a loser. So anytime that you feel yourself saying, oh, I only did this much, or I just barely did this, or anything along those lines, reject that out of hand. Just get it out of your head because that, that negativity is not coming from God, and it's not going to serve you well to love yourself and to stay focused on your goals. I, I did what I could do, and that was enough. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I love can, that. We can only do what we can do. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And, and our best, uh, our best I, changes from day to day and, and embrace that and, and love yourself regardless of what your PR is. <laughs> and, and remember, I, I'm terrible at quoting what the scriptures are, but there, the, the scripture that says, in essence, that God judges men by the desires of their heart. And, and I think that has really allowed me to be a lot more gentle and forgiving on myself because I'm able to look in the mirror and say, yes, I've made some stupid choices or, or even after a relapse, I've been able to say, 
that definitely was not the best choice I could have made. But then yeah. I'm also able to look at myself and say, but who am I really? I'm someone that still cares, someone that still tries, someone that's putting forth the effort, someone that reaches out to others, someone that is trying to make a difference in the world. And, and now I'm seeing myself through God's eyes. And that allows me to love myself because it's not about my mistakes. It's about who I'm trying to be. And that's the important person that matters in this scenario. Yeah, absolutely. After our second daughter was born and had some medical issues, that was hard on me emotionally to the point where I thought, I just need to go in for a checkup. I just need to go talk to somebody <laughs> to yeah. kind of get my head wrapped around this. And the counselor that I talked with is the one who introduced me to um, affirmations or positive affirmations. We talked about those previously. And the one that he told me was to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am a neat and worthwhile individual who deserves to be loved first by me and then by others around me. And, you know, it's a, the language may be a little dated, but I think the principle is, is sound that who we are as a son or daughter of God is someone who's neat, someone who's cool, who's awesome and worthwhile. And we deserve to be loved. We deserve to love ourselves for the simple fact that we're a child of God and we, we can love ourselves first and then the love of other people will come in time. Dude, there, there's just so much here. Just, just in like, just in, yeah. maybe we should do an episode on each letter of this thing, because I feel like <laughs> we, we could talk about this stuff for the entire 45 minutes of our episode. Yeah. But maybe like, we should I, move there's on. There's so many stories rattling, rattling around <laughs> in my head. I'm like, Oh, do I dive into stories or do we move on? And we, we have to move on, unfortunately, if we're going to get through this. But that, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable and expressing the fact that after you had a child, something that's a really joyous and amazing event in your life, you actually really struggled and you needed to go talk to someone. And that's okay. That there's nothing wrong with that. We, we all have our own battles that we have to fight and it's okay to seek out help. In fact, it's encouraged. I think especially in today's society, you know, there was that toxic masculinity even just like 10 years ago. But I think in the last decade, our society has come a long way in, in you know, being able to say, you know, it, it's okay for me to say I'm struggling with something. It's okay for me to feel weakness and it's okay for me to seek professional help. Sometimes yeah, that even I, involves medication and that's all right. Yeah. And I think the second, the second step of the, of the truth tool reflect really helps in, in processing that. Way to move us forward there. I appreciate it. <laughs> Segway. Segway. <laughs> All because right, yeah, it's so, so important, right? Because life is so busy. Life is so busy. There's so much noise. If you wanted to, you could have noise in your head from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed. Yeah. And so we have to be intentional about making time and protecting time to reflect on our life, where we're at, what, what is good, what makes us feel stressed, happy, what's making us feel stuck, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, M. Russell Ballard, who's one of the apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, gave a talk um, about the, the mountains that we climb in our lives. And I, I love referring to this. This has stuck with me for a long time. He talks very frequently about on that journey up the mountain, it's okay to stop every once in a while and turn around and look at the view. And I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, mm -hmm. but we, we need to be able to stop and reflect on how far we've come because otherwise you know, we're, we're going to just get stressed about, are we making it in time? Are, are we going to even, are we even going the right direction? When, if you would just stop and turn around, you're going to be able to appreciate 
the progress that you've made in this journey. So for those of you listening right now, and, and even if you need to pause this for a second, take 60 seconds and reflect on the changes you've made as you've gone through this podcast or as you've gotten help or as you've started to even just acknowledge the fact that maybe you have a problem, maybe you need help. By, by taking a second to reflect on that, look at the changes that have happened within you and then start to reflect on, okay, has that had an impact on the world around me? Do people want to enjoy being around me a little bit more? Am I more trusted with those that maybe before didn't trust me with certain things? Have people noticed that I've been making changes? We can't discount those things because when we start to notice within ourselves and when other people start to notice, that literally is other people showing us the mirror of reflection and saying, look, look how, look how much has changed within you. Look how bright your spirit is. Look how bright your smile is. You, you laugh, you smile, you joke. You're a pleasure to be around. That is an amazing accomplishment when you've come from a place of isolation, mistrust, paranoia. So, and, and the beautiful thing is that this reflection is going to, it's, it's almost like a feedback loop. It's going to build your self-confidence. It's going to give you that peace that you're seeking. It's also going to, in a positive way, help you identify how you can tweak your goals to be better. And as you do that, I, I, I think, unless you want to add more here, I think then that, that gently nudges us onto the you part, which is understanding, understanding what's really meaningful to you. The more you take time to reflect and kind of parse out, okay, well, what's been good in my life? What's been bad? What do I really value? That, that reflection, that self-confidence that begins to create this sense of understanding of self-awareness of how you really want to live your life. What are the values that you're going to, to use to anchor your life instead of the pressures or stresses that you're going to use to force decisions? Yeah. And I, I, I want to jump into that. There was another point I wanted to make though, if that's okay. I jumped the shark. Yeah, go Back, for it. Backpedal. <laughs> that was my rewind sounds. I don't <laughs> That was good. I liked it. Um. So on, on reflect, they, they have all the steps as, and I'm just going to read through just the main points here, the stop, look, listen, act, reflection. Now, when I read through these, the, the first thing that came to my mind, I remember in wilderness survival and boy scouts, when, when you get lost and when you find yourself in a predicament that you don't know what to do before you start freaking out and before you make any rash decisions, the first thing they tell you to do is stop look, listen, and then act. And I, I just, I couldn't help but think how applicable that was to someone who is feeling lost in their addiction, to someone who is feeling lost in their emotions, who can't seem to wrap their head around certain things or doesn't know what the next state, next step is to take. Just like getting lost in the wilderness, if you will stop, if you will look around either inwardly or around you physically about where you're at in life. If you'll listen either inwardly or outwardly to the people talking to you, to the message you're messages you're listening to, to the media you turn to, if you will do all these things and then act on your value system, which will jump to the you here that you were just talking about in a second, um, that is a perfect way to reflect on where improvements can be made and where changes can be made. 
So if you're feeling lost, just go through those same wilderness survival, but we'll call this spiritual survival. Stop, look, listen, and act. Love it. Otherwise, you're going to end up running off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) And hitting a rock bottom. (laughs) Yeah. But then you can start over and listen to our seasons. That's great. All right. (laughs) And back to season one episode. That's right. Lather, rinse, repeat. That's what life feels like sometimes. And that's okay. As long as we understand that. And that's part of understanding, right? This this first step is accepting who we are right now in whatever moment we're in without judging or blaming one way or the other. And, And it's about, really, it's about that acceptance the sooner you accept who you are, where you are, the sooner you're in a place where you can start to progress to who you want to be. Oh, I heard, I heard a really good, I heard a really good saying something about when we lose patience with ourselves, we're essentially giving up. Oh, I'll have to go back and read it. Sorry. Hopefully we can edit that out. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I can edit everything out. This could be a five minute episode <laughs> if I want it to be. All right. Yeah. So accepting who you are without judgment or blame and just allowing, allowing that those values um, because you, everyone has values. Everyone has things that they're like, that's a line I'm not going to cross or that that's a behavior that I'm not okay with. I'm, I'm not okay with someone swearing at my mother. That's not okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know, good. and that that's that's one of your value systems, and that's something you can lean on, and that's something you can reflect and look within yourself to understand who you are better. To say, okay, there 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 are these things about me that I have these protective instincts. So, just a quick little story on the understanding thing for me. When it comes to service, I do not like being pressured into service. I I don't like it when a when a when a group says, hey, we're all going to show up for this service project and it's going to be a great time and this family really needs it. Okay, great. I'll show up. But I feel like I've been like, you know, like a leash has been hooked onto a collar and I've been dragged to it. And I don't like that. However, yeah. if a friend calls me and says, hey, I could really use your help. That actually thrills me. And I, I feel honored and privileged to be someone that they felt that they could turn to, to serve them. So when people say, well, like, do you like service? Yes, I do. And I don't, I don't like being pressured into it, but I do love being able to show up and serve other people. So this, that's just an example of, you know, identifying. And and these are things that you should write down, that you should define these things about yourself to, you know, write down in your journal, something, if you learn something about yourself, write it down so that you can better understand who the real version of you is, who the version is that God is molding to come to the surface. I like that. I like that. And I finally found that quote. So I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. This was a, this is a quote and it says, and and for me, this is a key to accepting ourselves, uh, loving ourselves, having self-confidence. Key to that is forgiving yourself. It says forgiveness is letting go of the hope for a better past. Forgive that earlier version of yourself who made choices or decisions based on what you had at the time. Let go of changing the past. Instead, learn from the past. Then you can help someone else who's going through a similar similar situation, which gives purpose and meaning to your former former regrets. And that first person that you're going to help is going to be yourself. So let go of the hope for a better past. Let go of trying to change the past and instead learn from it accept where you are and live authentically with the values that you're crafting. I love that. Dude, that, that gave me chills. That's a, that's a great quote. 
And that, that applies, that applies perfectly to what we're talking about. And speaking of talking, so we're, (laughs) we're, we're on to uh, the second of the T's and it's all about talk. And this says talk openly. Um, Now, anyone who knows me knows that this is probably the one I'm best at. I, (laughs) I love talking. I love conversations. I love diving deep into emotions and analyzing things. And, and I, I love even telling my story. And, you know, a lot of people that I understand it makes them kind of uncomfortable sometimes. Cause they're like, dude, you're way too open about everything that's going on in your life. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but do you know how many people I have on my team? And I, I admire that about you. And one of the keys to that is to have a focus on being real, not on being right. It's so easy to get caught up in trying to say the right thing or look the right way or post the right thing on social media. And the important thing is to focus on being real. Say, this is this is who I am. This is where I'm at. This is what I need to stay in a good spot. This is how I'm feeling. Um, and and being vulnerable that way and transparent is super critical to that. And then, like you've said, and like we've discussed before, you can't control how people react no. <laughs> when you're being authentic. And and, and, and you, you're also your value does not depend on that person's acceptance. Yeah. 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 So you let them feel and react however they need to. And then you analyze that and say, is this person going to help me on my journey or not? And then you make a decision based on that information. This has actually changed things a lot for me. Again, this is a lot more comfortable doing this with, with friends that you know really well. Um, One one of my best friends um, recently, I expressed a lot of frustration to this friend. And I was like, no, dude, you need to understand. I'm actually really upset. Oh, I know what it was. He, he sent a scary video that I, I didn't know it was scary. And my kids were watching on my phone. And mm-hmm. it made them jump and it made them cry. Like it was a freaky video. And so I sent him a text and I was like, dude, why didn't you warn me? Like, and he was like, I just thought it was funny. I didn't know you were going to have your kids around. And so I got really, but it, it had this dialogue that, you know, he was like, I'm sorry, I'll give you a warning next time. And, and I was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. And I didn't hold a grudge. And he learned from that as well. And because of, you know, being honest and speaking up, and speaking my truth, he was able to also communicate where there was miscommunication. And so things like that. And I know that isn't like a deep dive into like a super emotional type thing, but that's just kind of surface level stuff that if you can get to a point where you can say, Hey, I really didn't appreciate what you said, or I really didn't appreciate what you did. Here's why I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to disown our friendship or disown you as a family member. You just need to know that that that's my boundary and you crossed it. And, and so I'm reestablishing that boundary saying this is not okay. Yeah. I like that. That's super important. And there's one other aspect to this that I think it's overlooked and that's the, the, uh, the other side of the coin of talking is, is being quiet, embracing silence. (laughs) So hard. (laughs) It is so hard. When I was starting in about the sixth grade, I worked on our school radio station. And I hosted a couple of different hours of, of entertainment. And no wonder you thing, got the voice for this. Right. The one thing that the cardinal rule is no dead air in radio, right? There cannot be just silence. And so from this young age, I've I've grown up with this thought of there always I always have to be filling in the blanks. 
And, and that can lead to some unhealthy habits. Sometimes it can lead to you saying things that you don't really mean or treating something too lightly Absolutely. or engaging in flattery that you don't really believe. And so sometimes it's better and it's really hard at first. Sometimes it's better just to not say anything. Just if you can't find a constructive way to communicate what you're, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, it can be something as simple as, you know, I, I'm not quite sure how to respond to that right now. I need some time to think about it and just leave it there. Silence is okay because it, it will help you learn how to talk more openly down the road instead of feeling boxed into always saying something. I, I don't know if you've ever done this during a, during a public speaking event, whether it was in church or something else, but oh, probably. The, the, they call it the dramatic pause for good reason. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's also the saying silence is deafening. And if you've ever been speaking in front of a crowd and you notice that you're kind of just, you've got this rhythm going and people will tune into that rhythm and it kind of lulls them out of the conversation. And if, if you've ever, if you haven't tried this, you should just stop and wait and see, see all the eyes come back to you as you stop talking and allow the silence to do some communicating, to emphasize the point. And, and it also, um, on the point of the spirituality side of things or, or the, the deeper cognitive things, it allows time for the, the brain and the spirit to communicate to the individual and allows them to think for themselves. If you are constantly just like if you've ever lectured a child for like more than two minutes, you'll notice that they, they lose track of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine, mine max out at about 30 seconds. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm just getting warmed up at 30 seconds. So <laughs> I, I've got a presentation on a whiteboard coming in in a second. <laughs> right? so buckle up kid. <laughs> right. I, Oh, it's funny that you say that. Oh, at, at the beginning of this whole COVID thing, when we were doing school from home, you know, I was working from home. The kids were all home. You know, my wife was not used to having us all home. And so me being, you know, business world, you're going to solve a problem. You have to put a PowerPoint together. <laughs> Go on. You want to you, you have an ineffective family meeting with a second grader, a kindergartner, and a three and a one-year-old, try and make them sit through 15 PowerPoint slides about family rules. So yeah, short, quiet, and I've been studying prayer um, in, my, in my personal time. And one of the things that I read that it emphasizes is that prayer is essentially a, a relationship or a way to reinforce a relationship with God as our father and us as his child. And most of the struggles that we have with prayer come from forgetting that or misunderstanding that. Sometimes we treat God like he's a celestial waiter. So we just send up our order, we rattle it off, say, don't forget the side of ranch, and then we get up and go on our way. Don't, don't and, forget the side of financial blessings. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. A little bit extra cash this weekend. So, so silence is so critical to, to listen, to wait for that feedback, and, and it'll inform It'll inform a lot of decisions for you and, and it will provide you with a lot of validation, a lot of love, a lot of comfort, a lot of those things that you've felt missing when you've been in, engulfed, uh, swallowed up by your addiction, all those things that you couldn't hear, uh, providing positive silence 
after you've had good open communication with your heavenly father, it's going to open up a whole lot of new avenues to reinforce who you want to become. All right, let's jump on to the um, last but not least. Yeah, the last. Uh, this one stands for honor. Hopefully you guys have been uh, writing these down. We'll, we'll recap just the main words at the end here, but so honor is, I mean, it's all about honoring your, your truth. And you know, that is, it's the most powerful tool you have for living an authentic life. When you are honest with yourself about your needs, your, your desires and your values to live a life that is aligned with them, you can let go of needing the validation of others. This one is huge for me because I rely so heavily on the validation of others. Being able to let go of the needing the validation of others is so healthy. And that doesn't mean you gain an attitude of, I could care less what you think. You know, it's not about being callous and losing that sensitivity to the emotions of others. It's about being true to who you are so that other people's opinions will not sway you from your own values. Yeah, it's it's like emotional self-reliance. Yes. The way that I think about it, our society has has morphed into a society where we seek validation of other people, whether, and, and my two cents, I could be wrong on this. I'm not a sociologist, but if you look back through time, historically, people by and large had to be more self-reliant to a much greater degree than we have to be today. You know, if you're going out and you're settling some untamed territory in the West, you had to know how to raise animals. You had, no, had, had to know how to be a doctor. You had to know how to, you know, do about 50 different things that today we don't have to know how to do for ourselves. And so we've, we've become used to this idea of, of being served or being validated or being cared for by other people. And we're entering an, an inflection point, in my opinion, in our society and our culture where we have to reclaim this ability to be emotionally at least self-reliant because there are go- there's too many voices with social media yep. and with all the different ways of communicating there's too many just too many ways too many voices that we would try to get validation from to appease that will just rip ourselves to pieces trying to make everybody happy. So we really have to center on living what is our reality. Uh, We have to honor where we're at. And that can make us feel uncomfortable sometimes. But instead of resisting that, we have to embrace that and say, okay, it's not not super comfortable. Um, But as we willingly expose ourselves to that discomfort, to that fear of, of what really is, then we can work through that. And, and we can talk about it and we can engage our team and we can conquer that little by little honor some of the points it makes here um is commit to living your reality and being honest and and about yourself uh, with yourself and allow allow yourself to feel fear or discomfort instead of resisting them i i think this is actually a really cool concept um experiencing feelings decreases the power scary or uncomfortable feelings have over you so by letting those negative feelings come and go like waves acting on them only when necessary and you stop suppressing your negative emotions you open yourself up to begin experiencing positive emotions such as happiness empathy joy and even love 
Yeah, absolutely. The, the way that you become braver is not by avoiding the things that you're afraid of. It's by willingly exposing, to your, exposing yourself to the things you're afraid of little by little. So if I'm afraid of heights, I'm going to go choose to climb up three rungs of the ladder. And then maybe after two months of doing that, I can go off the low dive at the pool. And then after two months of doing that, I can go to the high dive. Yeah. And then you're skydiving in no time. Yeah, I highly recommend that, by the way. The other really cool point that this makes is uh, that I, I've come to just love is speaking authentically. Someone who's an addict is not authentic. They, they're, they're lying mm. to everyone around them. They're hiding something yeah. about themselves. They're, it is a completely fake and false personality that they're putting out there. And that, that's not me calling anyone who lies about themselves and is putting that, that mask over their true self a bad person because I'm not saying that at all. It's a scary, scary thing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and authentic. However, when you do this, when you finally say, you know what, I'm going to show you my real self. What is so cool that happens is you tend to find that you're not the only one, first of all, and people will want to be, they'll gravitate toward you and they will trust you because they don't feel like, you're just this fake lying person. They'll, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, they, that person definitely has their flaws, but I can always count on them to be honest and authentic. Even if I don't like the way that it is, I can, I mean, there's so many bosses out there that say, I would much rather prefer an employee who's going to be really brutally honest about how I am as a leader than the person that sucks up to me and says, everything is great all the time because there's no room for growth there. It's all fake. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up truth for the night. Should we walk walk through it all again? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So if you haven't written this down and and you have time to to write this down real quick, grab a pen and a paper. So the first one is trust. This is all about trusting yourself to live authentically, trusting yourself to keep your your goals and, and being decisive. Then we go to reflect, you know, stop that. That was the whole stop, look, listen, and act. Uh, when, when you might feel lost a little bit, reflect on how far you've come in your, in your growth and in your progress through addiction recovery. Understanding, you know, this is all about learning who you are, defining your truth, living authentically, accepting who you are in this moment without that judge and blame and just you know, writing down things that you learn about yourself and, and getting to know your value system. Talk openly. So this is all about communicating with that team and being willing to speak your truth and being honest. And, and then we also talked about the embracing the silence, allowing not only silence uh, from yourself, if there is a confrontation, or if you don't want to stick your foot in your mouth and say the wrong thing, you know, stop and just wait and think for a second, but also embracing the silence of communication back to yourself, stopping and listening. And that's how this, the spirit will communicate or your, your, that, your cognitive, your, that frontal brain, give that time to communicate with your inner self to make better decisions. And then the last one was um, honor. And that was committing to living your reality, allowing yourself to feel discomfort and, speaking authentically, being candid and truthful about how you feel, 
Um, you know, don't, don't put on that mask. Don't be fake and pretend to be someone you're not because people are going to see through it. And then, uh, you know, stop and think and just allowing that pause to help you choose how to respond. So with this tool, I, I, hope, I hope this is helpful for everyone. I hope that you can use this. The, the, the other thing I just want to say real quick is these things, these tools that we're taking you through this season, just by writing it down and reading through it, it's not all of a sudden going to become a cemented practice in your life. This, this takes yeah. time. This takes yeah. practice. To, to, I mean, to be a professional, anything they say you need about 10,000 hours of work, right? <laughs> and Maurice, Maurice actually talked about this in his episode as well. Be patient with yourself as, as you forget to use the, the tool, or maybe you get it a little bit wrong, or you start to use it, and then you spiral out of control. It's all part of the learning process. So I would, I would just ask you to be gentle and forgiving and patient with yourself as you go through this recovery process, because what you are doing and who you are becoming is it's so brave and it's so amazing that you're willing to conquer the greatest mountain that we can conquer as human beings, which is the mountain of change. There's nothing harder in this life than changing a part of who you are. Anybody can coast on the track that they've been given in their life, but to derail yourself and build a whole new track to a new destination that you set for yourself is an amazing accomplishment. And it's so brave and it's so amazing. I think I've said amazing like 20 times in this sentence. But <laughs> it's amazing every, how many you're times amazing. you said amazing. All of you are amazing. <laughs> so on that, enjoy this coming up week. We've got one more tool in your toolbox here to keep making progress on your journey to recovering who you're meant to be. Thanks for listening and stay true to yourself.